Well, I'm going to read one verse this evening, and then I'd like to share with you on the subject of legalism and the Christian. Legalism and the Christian. The verse is in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. And the context of that verse had to do with the subject of legalism, which Paul wrote on in a number of places in the scriptures. So legalism and the Christian. Let's pray here before we go into the message. So what I want to do is just share a few thoughts on how legalism can affect the true Christian. Paul tells us in this passage that we looked at that legalism is slavery. Law-keeping never freed anyone from sin. It binds people but never frees them. It never gives any comfort or assurance except to a proud, self-righteous person. If you make the law your rule of life, you will lose the joy of serving Christ. Really, the, the joy of Christian service comes from the fact that it's free and unconstrained and spirit-inspired. It comes because it's motivated by love. But if and when we make the law or rule of life, the motive becomes something else. It can become fear or a desire for some reward and joy is destroyed. So the legalist obeys out of fear or sometimes pride or sometimes pressure, but never out of love. The believer, on the other hand, obeys out of love and gratitude because of what God has done for him in Christ and continues to do for him as he looks to the Lord. So, maybe to begin with, a brief definition of legalism. It is an attitude or motive that leads people to try to establish maintain or improve a righteous standing before God by their own activities. Establish, maintain, or improve a righteous standing before God by their own activities. So, from that definition, one thing we should see is that legalism is not necessarily associated with certain deeds, but more importantly, with the motive behind deeds, the motive behind what we do. The same deed may be in one case God, a God-pleasing action and in another case a God-displeasing action because of the motive. The difference is in the motive. And usually that's what we're looking about at when we're thinking about legalism. Normally when we think about legalism... We think of how it manifested itself in the lives of those outwardly religious people we call the Pharisees. 
They emphasized external, the externals of the law, which they had dumbed down to what they could strenuously keep through self-effort. I say dumbed down, because you can't keep the law through self-effort. But if you dumb it down enough and try hard enough, as a legalist, you can keep your version of it, the dumbed-down version. Their emphasis on a righteousness derived through law-keeping brought forth a self-righteousness, a self-righteous attitude that exalted self and looked down on others. So normally when we think about legalism, we're thinking about religious lost people who appear to deal with sin in their lives but were actually blind to the deep-seated nature of their own sin and especially the sin of pride, because that's usually very prominent in the legalistic lost person. Also, that legalist has a false sense of security because they keep the external law code they've, they've manufactured and embraced. At least they keep it better than anybody else that they're around and they, the ones they look down on. In short, the legalist looks at his compliance to a code of conduct, conduct which is usually made up of negative restrictions, you know, abstinence from this thing or that thing, which they regard as the real essence of virtue, So the legalist looks at his compliance to a law code, a code of conduct, as a means of being right with God. They never really see why the law was given or what it really entails. That's something to remember. They never really see why the law was given or what it really entails. Why was the law given? Well, it was given to show us the holiness of God and what God is like and what he likes. It was given to show us our sinfulness and depravity. It was given to show us that salvation by our self-effort is impossible. It was given to show us our need of a Savior. It was given to show that salvation must be by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Now, I want you to think about this a little bit. Self-righteous legalism dies when the true demands of God's law are made clear. When you really see what the law is all about, legalism won't cut it. So self-righteous legalism dies when the true demands of God's law are made clear, when positive godly motives and behaviors are emphasized, legalism can only condemn. Did I lose anybody? Okay. When positive godly motives and behaviors are emphasized, legalism can only condemn. It won't 
have any place there for self-righteousness. It can only condemn. And that's what happens when a true Christian lapses into legalism. And it can happen. It was about to happen here, or maybe it had begun to happen, with the Galatians. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Legalism does not produce righteousness. Now, I say all that to say that I believe we are vulnerable, even as Christians, to some aspects of this thing we call legalism. It can creep into our thinking and zap our spiritual life. So that's what I want to look at this evening some. And what I would like to do is list five attitudes that can be evidence of legalistic thinking in a believer's life. So that's what we're going to spend just a little time on. Five attitudes that can be evidence of legalistic thinking in a believer's life. The first one, if we are more aware of our past sin than we are of the finished work of Christ for us as believers, we are likely falling into a form falling into a form of legalism. More aware of our sin than we are of the finished work of Christ. Christ's life, death, and resurrection must always loom larger in our thoughts than our our failings to meet the law's demands. Christ's victory, not our failings, must be our focus. And if, if it's not, we are probably lapsing into legalism in some way, looking more at the law than we are at the law keeper. So that's the first one. The second, if we generally think that God is disappointed with us rather than delighting over us as his blood-bought children, we are evidencing a legalistic way of thinking. If we have a tendency to think more and generally that God is disappointed with us rather than delighted with us as his children in Christ. We're evidencing a legalistic way of thinking. The God-centered, Christ-centered, gospel-centered view of life is that God is delighted to give us the kingdom. It is his good pleasure to save us and to bring us right on to glory. he, He delights in doing that. Number three, if we somehow think that our justification is dependent on our sanctification, we're falling into a form of legalism. If we think that our justification is dependent on our sanctification, we're probably falling in, falling into some form of legalism. The fact is, your sanctification makes no contribution to your justification. None. I put 
an exclamation point <laughs> on the paper there. None, none, none whatsoever. You are never more justified than the moment you are truly converted. You might be progressively sanctified, but you're never more justified than when you are converted. A, a justified sinner is a saint instantaneously. Though, again, God will be progressively making him like Christ throughout his life. At conversion, the Christian is given the righteousness of Christ as his standing with God. This is the sole basis of the believer's acceptance by God then and now and always. The fact that we have been given the righteousness of Christ. I like this. I, I read this, but when I read something I like, I tell you about it. No one in history will ever be more justified than you the moment you became a Christian. That's no one. Paul or Peter or Wesley or Whitfield. I was thinking of how that comes home to me often. And it's in our time of communion on Sunday. Those times can be very helpful to us as believers because it helps us to see again that our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. And, you know, I think, I think the Lord knew that we would need to be often reminded of that. So he instituted this way of reminding us. Sometimes when I look at that cup, I just think, this is my only hope. And it's not because of the grape juice in there. It's because of what it symbolizes. So... If we think that our justification is dependent on our sanctification, we're falling into a form of legalism, possibly, anyway. Number four, if we walk around under a cloud of condemnation which robs our joy and paralyzes our service, I'm talking as Christians, this is often an evidence of a legalistic view has somehow creeped in to our thinking. Because for the Christian, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So if you're walking around in some kind of a condemnation, you're looking at the wrong thing. Some, some, some thinking is messed up, and I think it's partly, surely, a form of legalism has come in there. You're looking at the wrong thing. Another way of saying this is all guilt before God is gone forever for the Christian. If you don't realize that and hang on to that, your joy will be robbed and your service will be diminished. But what joy do we have and can we have as we recognize and realize the reality 
that we already possess God's perfect righteousness in Christ. And then the last thing that I would mention is that a lack of love, acceptance, and forgiveness towards others can be the result of a legalistic view creeping into the Christian life. Now, we know that's a result with the self-righteous Pharisees, but even with a true Christian. Now, these things can, of course, simply be there because a person's not a Christian. Lack of love and acceptance and forgiveness towards others. But I think it's also possible that wrong teaching, unclear understanding of God's love and acceptance and forgiveness in Christ towards us can hinder us from loving and accepting and forgiving others as we should. One writer said this, whether we realize it or not, we will treat other people with the same measure of love, acceptance, and forgiveness that we rightly or wrongly think we are receiving from God. Whether we realize it or not, we will treat other people with the same measure of love, acceptance, and forgiveness that we rightly or wrongly think we are receiving from God. If you think you're serving a legalistic God, you'll probably treat people legalistically. If you view God primarily as a lawgiver, it will affect every area of your life, especially relationships. It is true, God is a lawgiver, but he's also a love giver and a life giver. And we're told that he did not send his son into the world to judge the world, but that the world should be saved through him. So the point is, is that if there's a lack of love and acceptance and forgiveness towards others, it can be because of a wrong view of God's love and acceptance and forgiveness towards us. I thought this was a quite a statement. This was by a man named C.J. Mahaney. He said, Because we are the most forgiven people in the world, we should be the most forgiving people in the world. If you write things down, that would be a good one to write down. Because we are the most forgiven people in the world, we should be the most forgiving people in the world. See, what he's saying he is, he's using God's way of dealing with us as the basis for how we deal with others. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Beware of allowing any form of legalism, any way of thinking in terms of this legalistic mindset, beware of allowing that any place in your Christian life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for setting us free in Christ. 
And we pray that you would give us discernment to understand the gospel. Make your truth clear to us that we might walk in it and demonstrate it for your glory. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.